0: Hey everyone! Welcome to the Mind Muscle Connection, our new podcast. I'm Joe Klimczewski with Tyler Weeb, and we wanted to bring our audience, specifically people who are completely immersed in health and wellness, hard training people. Tyler and I both coach uh, everybody from Olympic athletes to professional bodybuilders, actors, models, all the way down to you know everybody in the population. I, I personally love working with kids uh, because I, I love having that impact on on young people looking for role models and so forth. And and a lot of this particular podcast was generated between our goal of just helping people think better. Uh, Tyler, we're going to talk a lot about many topics in the course of this podcast. But in this very first episode, I thought it would be critically important to just talk about how we think about thinking And the reason that's important to somebody in the audience that we typically speak to is that we don't really cover those things. We're talking about nutrition and training and athletics and very performative aspects of life. And you and I both, I'm sure we'll share a lot of stories, have clients that that may struggle at times, not with the physicality of what we're after, but with the mindset, what's happening with our own... Uh, thoughts and so forth. So, so today's topic, self-awareness and emotional intelligence, I, I have to lead, first of all, with just a couple questions, uh, questions I think that you, our audience may have, which is self-awareness, emotional intelligence. What is it? Why do I need it? What does it do for me? How do I get more? And, and you know, I, I don't know, Tyler, we, we didn't even prepare anything ahead of time. This is not scripted. This is just, just two dudes having a conversation. But I have to think, first of all, of Daniel Goleman, the very famous psychologist from Harvard, who wrote the book, Emotional Intelligence. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, just to lead off with a quote from him, he said, in a very real sense, we have two minds, one that thinks and one that feels. So what, Tyler, do you think of in just hearing the phrase emotional intelligence?
1: Yeah. Well, thank. First of all, thank you for uh, that great intro. I'm I'm super excited to talk about this because I think you said it perfectly that we do deal, you know, with a lot of clients on the physical side, and we are talking a lot about my macros or you know what training we're going to be doing and we often forget what is, you know, between the ears or and what people are coming to the table with and their own biases and and the things that they've told themselves for years and, and the truths and the lies that they might believe. And so, you know, part of a, uh, as my job as a coach is really trying to bring out that emotional intelligence and asking why, why are we feeling this way? What is going on when you come to the table trying to eat your food consistently, or you're having trouble going to the gym, or you step on the scale and you have this immediate emotional reaction, you know, to whatever that is, it's going, okay, why are we having this emotional reaction? Why is this a part of who we are? And how can we look at that emotion and start to break it down of Okay again the why why is this cropping up and i think being able to do that and to stop ourselves you know in that kind of gap where we have that first emotional response to kind of stop look in the mirror and kind of look into ourselves of going okay why is this cropping up you are going to start to see a lot of that emo- emotional intelligence come out for that person because you're able to start analyzing those aspects of yourselves that you know, might be very well holding you back from your goals.
0: You know, you just used a phrase, "the gap," and uh, I almost started smiling because Viktor Frankl, who wrote *Man's Search for Meaning*, a psychiatrist who lived through Auschwitz and uh, and created logotherapy, an entire branch of, of psychotherapy. You know, that was his main contention you know, basically another thing that you mentioned, the why, quoting Simon Sinek, uh, that, that, was, that was Viktor Frankl's big question. Why do some people survive and some people just die? Like, like what, what is the difference? And after years of, of suffering and living through that experience in, in a prison camp, he, he found out, and, and I think this really bore out throughout his life, that people who have the most to live for... So you talked about what's between our ears. Well, what is that perspective? Are, are we are we generally a positive leaning person or a negative leaning person? Do we tend to catastrophize? Are we constantly reacting impulsively and everything is a threat? Viktor Frankl said there is a gap. You know, w- when we have that that afferent information, that stimuli coming into our brain, there is a brief microsecond for us to think and maybe pause and maybe reconsider a reaction or we just impulsively react. And and his contention was for us to practice knowing when to kind of pull that domino out of that gap and and stop that chain reaction, that is everything. And so coming back to emotional intelligence, self-awareness, I think that's probably one of the best directions to go is, when we, when we think of an impulsive reaction to an emotion, does it drive us, does it rule us, does it lead to deeper, worse emotions and therefore worse reactions, behaviors, or can we stop, can we pause, can we almost take ourselves out and be an objective third person narrator of our own mind, of our own thoughts? And so, you know, those are, those are two components I, I definitely wanted to merge together. So it's great that you, you know, instantly kind of brought up that quote from, from Prinkle. But uh, I have to say, you know, bringing it back to our, our typical audience member who may be listening, when we have aggressive goals, we really want this thing to happen. We have, we have this particular maybe time-sensitive goal. Maybe it's a very important health goal. Could be very aesthetic. Could be career-oriented. You know why can't I do the things that I think I should be doing? Why am I stuck? Why why am I acting in ways that are completely misaligned with my goals? So I, I wonder, in terms of some of the things that you must discuss with clients repetitively, when somebody is stuck in that cycle, do you ever go here? Do you talk about these things in terms of a mental approach?
1: Probably not as much as I should be uh, now that we are kind of having a podcast on this, but I, it is certainly something that I want to bring to their attention and to get them to start thinking about it and have it more at that forefront of their mind. Because this isn't something that is going to be simple and it's not going to be something where it's going to be a quick fix because of just, you know, who we are as mammals. We're very much just ruled by that emotional side. And, and like you were saying, you know, that that gap is just so quick. It's more so trying to get them to think of that gap and go, OK, I am feeling this way step back, like in in trying to get that to become almost a habit for them, you know, kind of almost every time we have that emotion. And when we have that trigger, it's going, oh, okay, now I can step back. Let's think about this. Let's kind of self-analyze where is this coming from? And then we're able to go from there because again, it's not going to happen every time you are going to be ruled by your emotions. Again, at some point, we're not robots. We can't completely turn off. And it's not a good thing to turn off the emotional side of us either, but we do need to start to get into that habit of taking that quick step back and seeing how that emotion is going to affect us moving forward. And is it something that is happening every single day or every single or multiple times a day, even, you know, with certain things. And once we're able to kind of start picking up on that, I think we're able to, start to see things from a a different viewpoint and that gap becomes a little bit easier because we can start to recognize those triggers that we know, you know, spiral us down into maybe some of those worse habits that you did mention, or we start making even worse decisions. It's You know, that person who has maybe, you know, not had that chocolate bar for six months and that want has built up for so long, they have that chocolate bar, but now it triggers maybe that binge episode. And so what are those steps that kind of got you to that point where you start to have that binge episode and you're not able to maybe have an easy time pulling back from that? We almost need to take those steps back and see what's happening right before that moment so that we can start to recognize those triggers.
0: Well, you know, you 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 came back to it being difficult in in recognizing that gap, and it takes practice. This is one of the things that that changed my life, to be quite honest. Like when we talk about self awareness, uh, I think we can all look at times in our life where we almost had a breakthrough moment, and some psychologists speak of it like that. Uh, You know, there are very spiritual dominions that, or just. you know, ways of describing it that some religions discuss. And it's it's like this, when I was about seven or eight years old, I remember growing up on a farm and we had a field and way back in the field, I could ride my bike and there was this nice little hill of a berm between fields. And I remember one day just kind of laying back, looking up at the sky, looking up at the trees and, and some, I mean, it must've been like dopamine, oxytocin, something just like flooded my brain and i got this massive sense of just identity and autonomy and self-awareness and just just such a comfort like like literally being one with everything and i remember looking up at the sky and saying to myself i will never forget this moment and here i am 40 some years later telling you about it it's just it, it's it's literally a a self-awareness that that lets you move to another level and another one of those was I remember driving several years ago, maybe 10, 12 years ago from the East Coast back home. And when you can remember something in this detail, you know it had impact. I was on Interstate 64, driving West, sun in my eyes, and I was listening to Daniel Goldman's audio book, Emotional Intelligence. And he talked about the fact that this, this efferent or afferent information coming into our senses, a, a, a thought, a sight, something by the time we know it happened it already happened about a quarter to half a second ago so if i reach up to touch this microphone by the time i see myself having touched the microphone it already happened so do i really even have control over anything i mean that's how quickly stimuli comes into our brain and then we think about it and we react to it so if we're going to practice self-determined self-awareness, we do have to, as I said, consider the fact that that those are almost infinite amounts of synaptic connections firing in neurons in our brain in a sequence. And so stimuli comes into our brain, it goes through parts of our brain, certain neural pathways are already wired together to, to create certain emotions and reactions to those emotions, and then we react. So if we're going to do something different that was already determined and, and wired by previous behaviors, it does take practice and it does take repetition. And just like reps in a gym, you know, you get better and better and better at better and better. And then you can end up almost taking out a domino closer to the stimuli. And so all of a sudden you notice after months and months and months of practicing, you know, that thing just doesn't even bother me anymore. Like, why did I used to get worked up about that? Or why did I used to binge under this circumstance of emotional eating? Or why was I always thinking these catastrophic thoughts? I don't anymore. Well, you're never gonna get to those good new outcomes unless you practice, 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 practice thinking about your thoughts.
1: Yeah, it, it is a bit of an odd, I don't wanna say a conundrum is the right word, but a bit of an odd dichotomy. Yeah, you have to think, about thinking. And so I think one way, you know, I've been able to do it. And, and for me, it's actually been, you know, that building of self-awareness and, and emotional intelligence has certainly come over time. I don't think I can quite remember, you know, very specific moments like you were, you know, when you said you were seven, eight, like I was seven and eight, you know, I was worried about playing kick the can or, you know, things like that. I wasn't you know thinking about that self-awareness. Um, and so, for myself, you know, just having that over time, and it was almost like I broke it down into chunks and I was able to tackle one thing. And then that, you know, that evolved into me being able to tackle another thing. And so, I think if, you know, one way we could put it is, you know, start to identify maybe some of those bigger areas in your life, things that do happen every day. I think it's, pretty easy for us to go into, you know, our normal day. And when we can become more aware of it, we can go through and even take little notes. Okay. Wow. I, you know, I react like this, you know, and all of a sudden you start to notice maybe a pattern and you can start to pick one or two things that you're like, okay, when this happens, this is, you know, what I'm going to keep at the forefront of my mind. I'm going to start to create that gap in this scenario, because we're not going to be able to tackle it all at once. There's too many things. But what I find is, yeah, like I was saying, as you can start to knock down those dominoes, we get a little bit closer towards that end goal. And so I think just highlighting a couple of those things to make it maybe a little bit easier on yourself can be a pretty good, um, a pretty good starting point because you're only going to be able to handle so much bandwidth. Because of so much stimuli that we receive nowadays, it's impossible to keep an eye on it all. And you are going to exhaust yourself and you are going to want to give up, right? We're just naturally going to not want to do the hard stuff. And so, being able to focus maybe on those few things where you can start taking those baby steps, that's going to build up over time. Again, like you said, all of a sudden, you know month one to month six, you notice that muscle that you've gained. It's going to be the exact same thing. Changing habits, is like I say, with changing or building muscle, it's like watching paint dry. Mm-hmm. You don't realize it's happening until it's happened. You, know, you still have to be conscious of it. You still have to put in the work and take those steps, but you're still going to fall down. You're still going to mess up. You're still going to let those emotions take a hold of you. But over time, you're going to be able to start to handle more and more of that emotion or, or those hard times. You know, for myself, for example, you know, we just kind of went through a very stressful time in our lives, you know, here at the house, you know, over these last few months. And I was reflecting on it and I realized that a year ago, this would have probably broken me. I would have, you know, spiraled down into a depressive episode and it would have been very, very tough. Was it still hard? Hell yeah, it was still hard, but I was able to recognize that, hey, I handled this way better than I would have a year ago. And so it can be hard to see those steps being taken until maybe a grand episode comes around. and You go, oh, wow. OK, like I actually handled that very well. And so you get that confidence from taking those baby steps, doing the work, you know, despite how many times we might fall down in between.
0: It is so perfectly explained, Tyler. And, and it makes me think of the phrase self-efficacy, which is, you know, what can I control? You know, what can I control in my own life? And do I want to control it? And how do I do that? And and you're familiar with, with you know, Nietzsche. And one of his preeminent concepts was the, the herd versus the ubermensch, which is, you know, you could be just that reactionary person who goes along with the herd and does what everybody does, or you can be this enlightened, almost Superman, you know, somebody who is responsible for his own or her own actions and thoughts and behaviors. One who takes responsibility, takes actions and and really becomes that self uh, determined force. And and, and I have to bring up this in in closing and, and, and I appreciate your input. This was, this was just a a great first episode, but, 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 Peter Wessel Zapfa was, I, I think Danish, I'm not sure, but uh, you know, a, a psychiatrist and philosopher around 100 years ago. He wrote one of my favorite pieces of literature called The Last Messiah, and it opens like this. I'm going to read it. Uh, he saw that he was naked under the cosmos, homeless in his own body. All things dissolved before his testing thought. Wonder above wonder, horror above horror unfolded in his mind. And then it's a seven page essay. And if you could just let those words sink in, you can just see that this, you know, this describes kind of almost this Adam figure, you know, the first man ever created. And you're, you're looking up and you realize I'm alone. I'm responsible. I'm going to live or die. I'm going to become better or I'm going to go insane based on how I react in my own experience. And that's that's emotional intelligence, just the understanding that we have that control. And if we're going to live the life we want, it has to be with with that that terminology, that that set of principles where we learn to think about our own thoughts, we learn to recreate neural pathways in our brain that allow for better thoughts, which lead to better actions. And pretty soon you realize that you know, back to what you said is paint drying. You know, it's tough to gain that kind of emotional intelligence and emotional maturity, but my gosh, is it worth it?
1: Yeah, I can tell you from the last four years of therapy, it is not fun <laughs> at all, but it, it is all worth it in the end because once you do realize and fully understand that control that you have. You know the the world is your oyster. All of a sudden, like you do understand, it's like wow, I have control over my thoughts. I have control over how I can react to X situation, and you start to learn how much power you do have, maybe over those instances where you are binging or you know what have you, what you know whatever habit you're trying to change. Once you can start to have that confidence, um, I do find that just the snowball starts to grow and it is a hard thing to stop because once you are made aware of it, it's very, very hard to ignore.
0: Awesome. Well, thanks again, Tyler. And for those of you who have joined us for the first time in the Mind Muscle Connection, we will see you next time. We're going to continue to explore some of these concepts inside of personal growth that we think can help you in every area of your life. So thanks and we will see you next time.